Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I'm back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about enemies of faith. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with. I believe you may want to take some notes today for this show. As always, we start out with a Bible scripture, so I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 8, if you're able to do so, Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse number 8, 9, 10, then we're going to look at verse number 13. So grab your Bibles, and the word of the Lord reads like this, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. If you're writing notes or if you have a highlighter, I want you to underscore that. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go and he goeth. And I say to another, come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it. Verse number 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Verse number 13, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that selfsame hour. This is a familiar passage of scripture, I would say to me and others that are Bible readers But every time I read it, I'm always seeing something different, something that I didn't see before. And one of the things about God is that he can show you something that you didn't see before. That's how powerful God's word is. I mean, you cannot exhaust any of these passages. And I guess one of the reasons is because when you read the Bible, you're looking for something and then God surprises you and shows you something else. And again, I've read this many times, but one of the words that pops out to me is that verse number 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. He was surprised. He was astonished at what he heard. And I can only assume in my own mind, because obviously I was not there, that based on what the man said, just speak the word only. Because I'm sure in Jesus's day, people wanted him to come to his home. They wanted him to go the extra mile. I'm sure they asked Jesus all kind of things. But this man said, I'm a man under authority. I know how the principles of faith works. This is not somebody who was a disciple of Christ, somebody who followed Jesus. But apparently this man understood principles. He understood guidelines. He understood instructions. He was a man under authority. He knew what it was to be in charge and he knew what it was to be under someone else's control. And so he understood the power of words. He understood that if you just speak the word, 
I know my servant is going to be healed because I can say something to someone that's under me and they're going to do it. And that's the thing that I think that many followers of Christ really don't understand the power of words. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when we're reading our Bible and we're hearing the word, we got to act out that word. We got to do something as it relates to what we're hearing. Many times we can hear God's word and we don't do anything. How are you going to get something from the word of God if you don't do it? I was telling my wife the other day, I said, it seems like, and I said, it only seems like, because I've been in church forever. It seems like church folk are the only people I know who don't do what they say they believe. When you believe something, you got to connect yourself with that word and do something. You got to be accountable to what it is that you're doing. And Jesus said, I read it here. He was astonished. He marveled. He was like, for real? I got people following me not doing this. I got people who say that they love me not doing this. This is amazing. And so today my aim really is to help you to understand that there are enemies of our faith that are hindering us from going the extra mile, from hindering us from doing what it is that we say we believe God to be to us. We want to unpack, uncover what these enemies are. And I only have three of these, and I'm sure that there are many, but I just want to give you these three. And it is my prayer today, above all things, that you will hear, understand, open up your heart. Again, take some notes hear this over and over again, because I believe this has great implications as it relates to your walk with God. Now, one of the greatest enemies of faith is misinformation. Now, this is not number one. I want to lead into what my point number one is going to be. But one of the greatest enemies of our faith is misinformation. In other words, when you're told a lie and you believe that lie, because what you believe, you ultimately will become. And in the seven laws of faith, one of these in this is whatever you believe, whether true or not, is true to you. And you can go your whole life believing a lie, and that becomes the reality of your life. And then when you find the truth, you have wasted all of these years believing a lie. How many people do you know, maybe you or others, who have believed a lie and they have formed their whole life around a lie? I mean, lies, we already know that it's not good to lie, but to believe a lie and to believe someone or what someone said to you, it can damage your whole life. And there are people out here, I've talked to people, I know some people who are still trying to get over that lie or still trying to outlive a lie, who are still trying to get beyond it. And it can be a difficult thing. This is real, man. This is why we ought to speak the truth in love. You know, lying to people should not even be something that is known amongst grown-ups, but especially if you're a child of God, there's just no place for lying. It's just no, you just tell people the truth. My mother would always say to me, if you tell me the truth now, it won't be hard for you later. And that's what we have to understand. And so I think uh, above all else, we have to really learn how to find out 
what God's word says about us and believe it because God is not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. Whatever he said to you, whatever he said to me, you can bank on it. And it's one thing about truth. It sets you free. It makes you free. It pushes you into a realm of confidence that even when things are bad, even when days are dark and gloomy, and I've been through those times just like you have. But one of the things that kept me alive through that period of time was reading God's word. That's the best gift you can give yourself as a Christian, reading God's word and understanding what his word says and doing it. Give yourself a gift today. Don't wait for anybody to give you a gift. Give yourself a gift and read God's word. Now, I can imagine some of you like, I don't want to give myself that gift, but that's what's hindering your success. That's what's hindering your prosperity. That's what's hindering your joy, your peace, your relationship with your spouse, your children. That's what's killing your business is that there are so many wonderful jewels in the word of God that if we would take time and be serious about being a follower of Christ, every solitary thing you want, need, desire, every hidden thing that you are trying to figure out right now is right there in black and white. And I promise you, when you start reading and being dedicated to reading and hearing and doing the word of God, your life is going to turn all the way around. I promise you, I stake a claim on it that if you stay with this, God is going to bless you real good. And I'm not talking about houses and cars and all these things. When we talk about a blessing, we're talking about a divine empowerment that everything you set your hands to do will prosper. That's what I'm talking about when you are blessed. When you're blessed by God, you can't fail. When you're blessed by God, you are bound to succeed. It doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't matter who doesn't like you. It doesn't matter who could care whether you live or die. When you stand on that word and you stand for God, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises against you, you will be able to condemn. So let me give you this point number one. The first enemy of faith is found in Romans 8 and 6, and this is the carnal mind. Lord, I could preach all day about this, but I'm telling you, the scripture says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, period. I'm gonna read that to you again. The carnal mind is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And verse number seven says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's an enemy of God, but it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. I'm telling you, man, Lord have mercy. It's so many carnal people. I'm not even talking about the world right now. I'm just talking about in the church. As a pastor, I just lament the fact that there are so, my God, there's so many carnally minded people. I'm thinking, how do you walk and chew gum and breathe at the same time? It is so many people who just don't believe God. I mean, their minds, you hear people talk. I mean, the stuff that's coming out of their mouth, you saying, man, you cannot be reading your Bible. You cannot be praying. You cannot be spending any kind of time with God at all saying some of the things you're saying. 
I mean, I asked a guy one day, I said, do you really believe the stuff that you saying? It don't make any sense. And this is the thing that we always trying to figure out why things are not working. I mean, there's many reasons, but I'm, the number one reason is carnally minded. You're just carnal. Another word for carnally minded is a meathead. It's just, just mush. Just, I mean, you can't go any further in God than what you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, period, point blank. And the carnal mind is what stops so many people. But again, the scripture says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So you have a choice whether you're going to be carnal or spiritual. But unfortunately, we revert the default is to be carnally minded. Because let's be honest, you've been carnal longer than you've been spiritual. And it's a work of progress because the day that you give your life to Christ, the only thing that was affected at that point of salvation was your spirit. But you still have an unrenewed mind. Your soul needs to be saved. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your subconscious, your conscience, everything about that needs to be renewed by the word of God. And there are so many people, they are saved and stuck because they are carnally minded. And when you carnally minded, you know good to God. You know good to you. You can't even believe properly. And a lot of people are dealing with this carnal mind. And I'm telling you, one of the things is, one of the fruits is wrong believing. You're believing wrong things. But when you become spiritually minded, it's life and peace. That is so powerful because a lot of people in this world, they may not want a lot of money, but what they do want is a life that is peaceful. They want to be able to lay down at night and know things are going to be all right. They want to know that their kids are going to be well provided and taken care of. They want to know that things are going to get done. They want life. And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But you can't get the more abundant life being carnally minded. And the problem for many people, again, that carnal mind is a deadhead. It's going to stop you. The carnal mind cannot grasp the things of God. I've heard people say to me that they're saved. They love God and they don't even read their Bible. I've heard somebody say to me, they get nothing out of the Bible. Are you serious right now? I would never tell anybody that. I guess I ought to thank them for being honest, but my God, how do you read God's word and you don't get anything out of it? Carnally minded? Your mind is carnal. But if you put them in front of a, a movie, a carnal movie, you put them in front of a lot of junk and mess, I mean, they just wake right up. You know why? Because that's what they're used to. They're used to junk and mess. They're used to carnality. They're used to gossip. And that's the thing about social media. Social media is neither good or bad. It's the person that's using it. You're going to use it for a tool or a toy. And it's amazing that we will click on anything that has mess. Something that's positive gets no traction hardly. But I'm talking about something negative, something adulterous. Lying, cheating, conniving, murder. I'm talking about, man, them clicks is in the thousands. You let somebody know that you prayed for somebody and they got healed from cancer. That ain't getting no clickbait. Nobody wants to hear anything about that. Somebody got saved, gave their life to God, became born again. 
they're only going to get two or three likes. But man, something that's going on in the rumor mill, something of gossip, something of negativity, it's amazing. And the world is full of it. You wake up, it's full of it today. You go to bed, it'll be full of it tonight. Every time you turn around, it's full of gossip. We cannot go the way of carnality. It'll mess us up. And notice again that the person that's carnally minded, they manufacture death. I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about a separation between him and God. Because see, God can't click with you as long as you single mind or as long as you're carnally minded. He can't connect with you. He still loves you, but you can't do a work for him. He can't talk to you. He can't get you to do anything because you and God are not on the same channel. But the person that is spiritually minded, they manufacture life and peace. And the issue is not always your environment or the people you are with. That's not it. The problem is you're just carnal. And again, I hate to be redundant, but I'm going to say it to you one more time. To be carnally minded is death. So Paul in his presentation in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's your job so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, the will of God can't be fulfilled in your life if you carnally mind it. God has an enemy and it's the carnal mind. And you got to start having an enemy. That's your carnal mind. You can't do it. I've met so many people just in my time of talking to people and being a pastor that they don't even know what they're called to do. They don't even know. They don't know what the will of God is. How are you going to do something for the Lord and you don't even know what the will of God is? And right here in this passage, see, and again, when you don't read your Bible, you don't understand what you're reading. If you refuse to do what it says, you can't find your way. And I love you. That's why I'm telling you this today. I don't want you to be saved and stuck, saved and miserable, saved and bitter. On your way to heaven, you gave your life to Christ, thank God, but you ain't dying today. You're not dying next month. Preferably, you're not dying next year. You got to do something with your life right now. You got to be able to say, I'm going to prove what the will of God is. It's good, acceptable, and perfect. So I got to find out why I'm on this planet. I am not on the planet to make AT&T money. I'm not on the planet to go to work every day and come home like everybody else. God has a bigger assignment for me to do. But as long as I stay carnal, Lord have mercy, I can't get anything done for me, for my family, and more importantly, the God that called me. Man, I could go on and on, but let me move on. The second enemy of faith is a lack of discipline. In Detroit City, where they manufacture the Ford F-150 truck and the Ford 250 truck, I don't know if you know this, but from the beginning to the end, if all the components are together, do you know how long it takes to build a Ford F-150? I'm going to shock you. It's 53 seconds. That's it. If all the components are right, if 
everything on the manufacturing wheel is working correctly on that assembly line, it only takes 53 seconds. Now, here's the misnomer that we find or I find about how confession works using this illustration. If you start on this side of the assembly line, producing a Ford F-150 in 53 seconds, what you going to have? You're going to have a Ford F-150. But the question is why? The assembly line is programmed to produce trucks, not cars, not a BMW, not a Mercedes-Benz. In other words, to get that kind of car, you must reprogram the entire assembly line. So you can't start speaking faith and then midway through the process, start speaking doubt and then get upset about why certain things are not happening for you. And you find that all the time because people are so undisciplined. They don't have the discipline that it takes to get something done. And you need to see yourself in light of this example that I gave. Many times in our confession, we're speaking it. We're saying the right things, but in our heart, we don't believe it. And there's a disconnect there. Listen, you can doubt in your mind. You just can't doubt in your heart. See, the heart is where we believe. So it's a heart issue many times for the people of God. And we've got to get that straight. If we don't get that straight, we're not going to produce anything. The carnal mind with an undisciplined life won't produce anything anything. So we've got to ask the Holy Spirit, work on my heart. Remove all of this bitterness, unforgiveness. You'd be surprised at those things that are in the hearts of people and they're saying the right things. See, watch this. Even in faith, you have to say the right things, but more than anything else, you got to believe the right things. And so you're not going to fool God. <laughs> I know people, man. They think they're going to fool God. See, we like to parrot things. Now, I've been in church again a long time. And, and as a pastor, as a preacher, sometimes I'll tell the congregants, repeat this after me. And I'm getting them to say it because I want to hear them say it. But I also understand that if it's not in their heart, this is not going to come to pass. So it's a practice, but I always tell them, you got to get the word in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we get God's word in our heart and rehearse it and meditate, when you release that word from your heart, it's got no other choice to do exactly what you said. But you got a lot of people, they fake in the funk. It's not real. And so they'll say the right things. They'll open up their mouth and they'll shout at the devil, but the devil is laughing at them. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? You fooling yourself. If you think you're just going to quote the scripture and it's just going to come to pass. It doesn't happen that way. When you, again, have an undisciplined thought life, an undisciplined life to do the things that you know you need to do and you look up. And you get a bad report of sickness and disease and you think you just going to quote the scripture and cancer is going to flee and certain things are just going to dissipate. It's just not true. You got to do the work every day. So if you, in fact, get a bad report, you're like, I'm not worried. 
because I'm going to speak the word because I've been putting in work the whole time. See, you got to trust the work. You got to trust the process. It's amazing that in 53 seconds, if everything goes right on that assembly line, you got a Ford F-150 truck. That's amazing. So if in fact that works in the natural and I speak the word of God to it, that's immediate. That works before 53 seconds, baby. When I speak that word to my problem, it's got no other recourse to come out to be what I said it's going to be. And sometimes we'll even say to ourselves, I don't know how I'm going to come out of this. I don't know what this is going to be. Well, you just spoke the word of God to it. What are you saying? Did you believe what you said? That's the problem. We're saying something, but we don't believe it. And so we got to get ourselves in the right mindset. And we don't want this enemy of lack of discipline to continue. And I know it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I will say this to you. When you love God, it is easy. The hard part is, is getting that relationship with God right spending time with God because there's so many things that are infringing on your time with the Lord, but you got to stay with it. And I want to encourage you, start where you're going to start. God is just so happy that you want to spend a minute with him. Let's go with that. If all you got is five minutes in your day, let's start there reading your word, praying, talking to God. And before you know it, you'll begin to increase, you'll begin to love God, and you'll begin to see all the things you've been missing in your life. Here's my last point. Point number three is another enemy of faith. The unbridled tongue is the third enemy. In Matthew chapter 12, you can go there if you can. Matthew chapter 12, we want to look here at verse number 35, 36, and I believe verse number 37. This is what it says here. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now, the funny thing about this is after reading this verse, you're either going to be good or bad. That's the amazing thing. You're either going to be good or bad. And out of that heart, out of what you say, you're going to be judged. Verse number 36 says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Wow. We got to be careful about these idle words. Some of us, we talk too much. As the old rapper says, we never shut up. We always talking and we talk so much that we don't even know what we saying. We don't even know we said it. Some of us always running our mouth. We just, and I'm telling you, man, you are destroyed because of these things. We don't think this is important. We don't, We really don't. Number 37. Notice what the scripture says. For by thy words, thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. By what you say. Let's just get God out of the picture here for a moment. By your very words, you're going to be justified. And by your words, you're going to be condemned. So you mean to tell me that what you say don't matter? It's not about what everybody else is saying about you. It's what you're saying about you that's destroying you. You are never destroyed by what people are saying about you if you don't pay any attention to it. Now, if you do, surely it can affect you. But more importantly, it's what you're saying. Don't ever curse your progress. I don't care about how you feel. That's the problem. We're too concerned about our feelings. 
Feelings got nothing to do with faith. Faith is solid. His word is solid. I could be going through all hell and brimstone and fire and everything else, but it's what I say in my situation that will determine whether I live or die. The scripture still does say that death and life is in the power of your tongue, not somebody else's. And them that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So I got to really be reminded of these things. So let's do a catalog of our speech. What do you spend the most time of day speaking or what and who are you talking about? What do you spend your time talking about? Who do you spend your time talking about? If there's garbage in your heart, there's garbage coming out of your mouth. You spend most of the day speaking garbage. You have a heart issue. God judges the heart. And this is why we have to protect the heart above all else. In the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as freedom of speech. We think we're free to just say what we want to say. And that's the problem. You can't just say what you want to say. Because you either going to be justified or condemned by your own speech. You can't throw out words irresponsibly about yourself, about your family, about your friends. If you go to church about your pastor, about people in your ministry. No, you can't do that. Say these words with me. I refuse to speak irresponsibly. Come on, repeat that after me. I refuse to speak irresponsibly. Period. I'm going to take a catalog of my speech. We need more faith talk. Faith talk is where we predict our future, what we want to happen. In James chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. The tongue will poison the person first and then poison the person to whom the words are directed to. Notice this, that waterborne diseases kill more people than HIV. So James is talking about or saying here that the tongue puts out poison into the water stream. In James chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, it says, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brother, bear olives or grape vine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. It just can't happen. So you got to understand that what's inside of you is either going to produce life or death. And I hear you now because this is the same thing I hear when I tell people this. They start telling me, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I know. We always talking about what we know. This is not about what you know. It's about what you're doing. If you say you know something and you're doing something totally opposite of what you say you know, newsflash, you don't know. You're not paying attention. And so uh, once again, we have to take a catalog of our speech. You'd be surprised if you wore a tape recorder around your neck and hit record of all the trash and doubt and negativism and unbelief that's coming up out of you. You would probably be just like Jesus said to that man. He marveled. He was astonished. You'd be astonished at some of the things you're saying. Because a lot of times we are not aware of what we're saying because we're emotional and in our feelings because we're carnally minded most of the time. And we just saying things. We just want to 
you know, because a new thing now is you just got to get it off your chest. No, some of this stuff you don't need to say. You got to deal with it. When something hits your mind and your heart that's negative, you got to deal with it then. Don't let that stuff come up out of your mouth. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to be backpedaling it once you find out, oh, man, I shouldn't have said this. Well, it's out there now. It's out there. So I want you to be encouraged. If you're here, this is no condemnation. No, I love you. Jesus loves you. But this is not God's best for me. And it's most certainly not God's best for you. Let's deal with these three enemies of faith. Because if the just shall live by faith, we're living by the word of God, not our own words. The only word that ought to matter to you is what God says about you. What everybody else say, it don't matter. It really don't. They ain't paying your bills. They're not helping you. Forget people. Love them, but don't be concerned about what people are saying. Get your face in the word of God. And whatever God says about you, man, I want you to run with it. I want you to be excited about it. You got a reason to live. You got such an exciting future. And I see so many people, they got no idea they're their worst enemy. Deal with it today. And I promise you, when you do, you're going to be so better off because of it. But that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this blessed you in some way, shape, or form. A few things that I said to you was a reminder. And then maybe it's something I said to you that you just certainly didn't know. Whatever the case may be, I pray that this ministered to you. And if it did, I want you to send me an email. Let me know. Shoot me a line. Tell me. Get back with me at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. I do have a website and you can go there. It's thomasadeloach.com. Go to my website on the homepage there. There's a subscriber box. Put your email in there. Click that send button and I'll shoot you back a PDF that will help you in your walk with God. And once a month, I'm sending out a news blast that will encourage you and you will be able to walk with God even more. So I want you to do it today. And finally, if you're being blessed by these episodes, I want you to consider being a financial partner with me. Go back to that website, thomasadeloach.com and scroll all the way down almost to the bottom of the screen and you'll see a donation tab there. Click that link. No dollar amount is too big or too small, and everything you will give goes towards the production of To Empower You. Do it today. We're always looking for financial partners who will help us and bless us and defray the cost of what it takes to produce this show. All right, listen, as always, I'm praying for you, believing God's best for you. You got such a great life. Go out there and live it today and make your life count. And when you're speaking into the lives of others, make their life count as well. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.